Hey, everybody, it's Kai. This is Politics Inside Out, our little look at uh, the politics of uh, the economics, rather, of American politics on Trump Day, like 15 or whatever it is. Um, Andrea Seabrook, our Washington bureau chief, is on the other end of the phone in our Washington, D.C. bureau. Hey. Hello. So here, this is quite the day, actually, right? Because this morning, uh, L.A. time, this afternoon, New York time, uh, the president-elect of the United States went to the New York Times building. He had an on-the-record chat with the Times editorial board and some reporters. Uh, So we'll talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about his video that was out last night in which he laid out his plan for the first 100 days. Um, And and I guess, actually, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start on this video. Andrea, I'm going to play a piece of tape, uh, and we're just going to hit it, and we're going to go from there. My agenda will be based on a simple core principle, putting America first. Whether it's producing steel, building cars, or curing disease, I want the next generation of production and innovation to happen right here on our great homeland, America, creating wealth and jobs for American workers. I thought that was such an interesting construction, producing steel, building cars, and curing disease. I mean, it wow, right? Yes, absolutely. Steel, cars, disease. Put those three together. It may seem like <laughs> it may seem like uh, steel and cars have a lot to do with one, uh, mm-hmm. one another. But, you know, the truth is that producing steel is one thing. It requires mining and ore and um, heavy industrial metallurgy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And cars require it's it's like a totally different thing it may sound like steel and cars go together but cars require parts that are made of steel which happen in other places and it just just seems like go ahead allow me to interject here because if you recall yesterday we had quite the little set to you and i over me talking about uh him promising an economy that's never going to come back and you saying tut 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 you can't mess with people on their beliefs economy wise and here he is now again Promising this thing that's not going to happen. We're not going to keep making more, bigger, better steel. And cars are built globally now in a global market. I'm just saying. I would would say that for the people who elected Donald Trump, the answer is not we must have it in this particular way. So I totally agree with you that economy is not coming back. The 60s, the 70s, the 50s, they are not coming back. You know, Henry Ford is not coming back to the United States. But that's not what they voted for. They voted for jobs in their particular, you know, places. Mm -hmm. And And, and, I think just now I I think the odds are against them. I will totally give you that. But just as... All of the political pundits, including (coughs) one or two of us, uh, (laughs) said that the markets would tank when Donald Trump, if it were were Donald Trump to be elected. Well, I I think we can't like we're on Mars again. We're on Mars. Mars. Politics on Mars podcast. Mars podcast. Yes. Those who doubt Donald Trump at this point. And I, it's it's remarkable to hear these words coming out of my own mouth. But those who <laughs> doubt him do so at their own peril, right? Yes, I'm oh, not <laughs> seriously. Are you not going? Wow, really? I'm sorry. I just I know I know I just backtracked on my own. The thing is, it's got to end somewhere. Yep. A person who knows almost nothing about how the government runs, and that includes diplomacy the economy, spending, taxation. And in this case, you know, 
incentivizing certain mm-hmm. industries, you know. Or, or punishing there, others there, with tariffs and all right, that jazz. Right. There, there, there will be pitfalls. And I think what we are in right now, as we, you know, to be perfectly honest, as you and I say to each other, he could be totally right. The markets have come back. There's this rally and so on and so forth. I think we're in kind of a honeymoon period. And yeah. let history prove me wrong. I all hope right, so. Right. <laughs> that, that, that thump you heard was her throwing down the gauntlet. Let's... Let me play another piece of tape here, just uh, because this this next piece of tape is going to speak to what will happen in the next four years uh, under some of Donald Trump's policies, and it will become clear uh, which one I'm talking about here as we hit clip number two, you guys. On trade, I am going to issue our notification of intent to withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, a potential disaster for our country. Instead, We will negotiate fair bilateral trade deals that bring jobs and industry back onto American shores. So the happiest person in the world to hear Donald Trump say that is a guy by the name of Xi Jinping. He happens to be the president of China. And this now is an opportunity for the Chinese to expand into the power vacuum that will exist in trade in the Pacific Rim. The prime minister of Japan said yesterday, without uh, the United States, TPP is nothing which is to say the Chinese are going to drive. And so the question now is how long does it take for that to play itself out and what is the ramification on our shores, you know? I think almost no time to play it out. Do you think so, really? I think, yeah, I think this is a huge opportunity for other countries to build partnerships, trade partnerships that they would have liked to build if we weren't the... Gorilla in the room yep, yep. Uh, negotiating the TPP. And I think um, I think here's my big prognostication. You go. Uh, again, let history prove me wrong. But I think that there will be a lot of people on both the right and the left who will <laughs> rue the day that they gave up the TPP. Because mm-hmm. really, the ultimate question is, do we care about us or do we care about the world? Because if you care about the fate of all workers in the world, then ultimately the TPP, it's a tide that raises all boats. Yeah, but it may suck. It may suck here. Exactly. That's exactly right. right. Which is why it's such a difficult sell. It is a difficult sell. And it is totally understandable that a candidate could, you know, like Donald Trump could come in and say, you know, screw them. We need to care about us. But... I don't know. Uh, I, I, oh, I, I hate it, to say it, it for the second. Like, I hate to say it for the second time in this podcast. But you are proving the point I made yesterday, which is that I think he. You're right. I think I'm right too. How about that? Let me, <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you a question that I've, t- that I've asked uh, the rappers on the Friday show uh, a couple of times uh, since the election, and I want to get your take on it. You remember how during the financial crisis there was much speculation about the loss of American reputational strength abroad. In, in the context of we brought the financial crisis upon the world by our um, uh, internal economic, I want it when I want it and I want it now with, you know, homes and all this jazz. Yeah. Where do you think our international economic and to some degree political reputation stands at this moment? As we, as you just heard the president-elect of the United States say, as we pull up the drawbridge and become more protectionist. Do you remember the I know you do. I can't remember the 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 term that that you and very smart people like you used during the uh during the Asian 
Yeah, de- um, decoupling. But there was a contagion. It was called the dragon or something. It was called like. Oh, the, I don't even know. No, the, it was like Asian the. Contagion. There was a recession in. Uh, there was an Asian recession. It was probably like uh, mid nineties, maybe early. Well, 2000s. so there was the Thai currency crisis. I mean, there was lots of stuff. There was the peso crisis. There was there was all kinds of stuff. There was a time when it seemed like the rest of the world was going to draw us down. Yep. And and specifically like a recession, a big recession in Asia. Somebody mm-hmm. on Twitter will correct me. I think our problem as Americans is we don't see that from the other point of view. We don't see ourselves mm-hmm. as having that kind of influence on the economies mm-hmm. of the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that's spot on. When you talk about what could happen next and and uh, how we'll be seen by this or that, we need to understand that everything we do is a giant, I don't know, drag or boost to the economies, the economies oh, of the rest right. of the world. Well, th- this goes to a thing I've said in, in different circumstances for a long time, which is that every American ought to spend at least some time outside the United States because Absolutely. there are things you can oh only learn about this country uh, mm-hmm. by seeing them from abroad. Uh, yes. and, and I think that's critically, critically important. And we, we have always, through decades and decades and decades and decades, been that country that goes, uh, oh, yeah, you know, we're just us and we don't need uh, the rest of the world. When, in point of fact, that's just fundamentally not true. It just, that's just Yeah, and right. so let's stop worrying about being the only superpower and, and be global. I mean... <laughs> To get to put on my like activist hat at the same time, there's this (laughs) like four times in the last you know week I have brought up this bill in Congress that uh, Charlie Rangel of New Mm -hmm. York introduces a bill every new Congress and he will in January the 115th Congress that would reinstate the draft. (laughs) Don't get me started. No, there is no way yep. anyone in the world is going to reinstate the draft. Yep. But that is not the point. The point is, what is American civil mm-hmm. relationship with their country? Mm-hmm. How would a civil service look here? How would a real civic responsibility, mm-hmm. how would that change us? Because, you know, the fact is, it's easy to fight wars with a volunteer army. Mm-hmm. It is much harder to do anything when everyone has something at stake. Right, right. And so and so we'll bring that back to the economic sphere of of our discussion, which is that it is a global economy. We have to be invested in the global economy, both because it's good for the globe, but also because it's good for us. Right. Yes. That, that's where this comes down. And, and Charlie Rangel's uh, bill that will come. In January is is sort of the 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 sort of like the the vessel. Uh, yeah, for that I think yeah. yeah, I think no, there's I a agree. there's kind of a personal isolationism that Ooh, is allowed word. by thank you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by I just made that up um, by the way that we live that mm-hmm. is almost untenable. It may be tenable for a little while longer, but I think it's almost gone. And and it will be interesting to see how it plays out, honestly, uh, in a Trump administration. All right. Um, So this is the Tuesday thing. Uh, We're going to take a break for three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're back on Monday. In the meanwhile, think about some of the stuff uh, that we've been talking about and tell us what you think, please, because... 
That's what makes I this may girl. be a total blowhard. No, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I may be as well. She is. Because I'm, I'm so into hearing if people yeah. think I'm a total. No, blowhard. no, let's. Yeah. Uh, it's at Radio Babe for her. It's uh, at Kai Rizdal for me. It's at Marketplace for the program. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so have a good break, everybody, and um, we're back on Monday. And um, yeah, interesting times. Happy Thanksgiving. See you. Be good. Bye-bye. This is APM.